How are you? Good day to you. You're at the spot, the location, the place, your favorite place, where the conversation is pointed, the guests are sharp, and the responses are never dull. Today, we are going to talk to Tony Eastwood, OBE, comma, MBA. Oh, yes, she has got all <laughs> these titles and letters after her name. She's in Spain right now, one of my favorite places on the planet, uh, by way of the UK. We're going to talk a little bit about her book. We're going to talk about eating disorders and bullying. Does one coincide with the other? Um, what can people do? There's two sides to eating disorders. Sometimes you over, sometimes you under. But the underlying premise is sometimes it's control. It's, uh, you know, your body image, body dysmorphia, pain, stress, you know, or like me, <laughs> you're greedy. <laughs> <laughs> so let's welcome her to the show. How are you, Tony Eastwood? Oh, I'm very good, April. It's so lovely to be here with you and uh, to uh, hopefully entertain a little bit your lovely listeners, the brains, which I love that. I love that. I love that shirt. It's iridescent. Oh, yeah, time, it's fab, isn't it? That is pretty fabulous. Every time you kind of move the colors, it, it <laughs> resonates and it and it uh, penetrates your aura, which is beautiful. Mm. So I see a lot of pink in your face. Yeah, I love pink. It's there. So tell us a little <laughs> bit about you, Tony, and how you show up in the world. Yeah, so I am learning to show up better. Uh, and to be more me, not to hide behind my, uh, you know, fears and doubts and all of those things that a lot of us have. So I've been spent the last 30 years working with small, medium-sized enterprises and 15 of those years working particularly with women-owned enterprises, women who want to start and grow their own careers, helping women to get on in the corporate world, um, and I spent some time in the States, actually, um, with your small business administration, looking at what it was you were doing over there to support minority businesses and uh, brought that back to the UK and worked with the UK government writing their women's enterprise strategy uh, back in about 2004. So I've really spent a long time researching and trying to understand what makes successful people successful? And that was mostly driven from my own demons, really. Just not spending a lot of my life not feeling good enough, not feeling like I would ever achieve anything, not feeling like I could be successful, you know, just afraid of everything. Okay, um, let's pump the brakes, right? There, yeah. Because I like to interject. What made you feel that way? Because this is the hard part. Mm. You know, do we just wake up one day and say, you know what, mm, that's not who I want to be or whatever. That, in my mind, has to be something that is introduced by your environment. Mm, absolutely. Is it, yeah. you know, parenting? Because again, nobody has a template on parenting. Uh -huh. You know, we don't know what's going on in your little head. Siblings. Sometimes mm -hmm. it's the middle child syndrome. You know, I've got a friend right now, that middle child is struggling. So what I do is I extract the middle child and make them feel extra special. Yeah. Uh, is it communication style? Is it, you know, and I say with love, is it a mental health challenge that you're more mm -hmm. with me on? 
what is it that when you realize that this wasn't it, I need to re I need to find something different, but how did you identify that this, that you weren't feeling right? I think, I mean, it does go back, I suppose, post-rationalizing it to when I was younger and being bullied. So I think what that did, what that did was made me retreat inwards. Um, and I was afraid to say anything, afraid to be myself, afraid to kind of show any, um, you know, anything I was good at. I, I, I was actually quite good at uh, running and athletics and gymnastics and trampolining, but I never actually tried hard because I didn't want to make myself you know, center of attraction, because I knew that that caused the bully and her cronies to, to like pick on me, to fight with me. So, and that happens for 15 years. See, this is, this is my thing. That word bully has just really mm. not too much credibility. Mm, you, know, yeah. you have to stand up for yourself, little brains and big brains, you have to open your mouth. This is Absolutely. unacceptable. I don't like how this makes me feel. Ask the person when is the last time they looked in the mirror because they're not perfect either. But what happens is the bully always needs an entourage mm -hmm. because they are insecure so that they need other people to co-sign on their craziness. What do you say to the young girl that was in your shoes back then? How do you tell her to, you know, pump your brakes, stop. You're going to respect me. How do you tell her to stand up for herself? Yeah, I mean, uh, that, and that's been something that, you know, again, like looking back at it, there there was no sort of support system in, I'm going back 50 years. So there, there was nothing there. There was, the, you know, the teachers, if you went to the teachers, they would say something to the girl and then she'd beat me up again. If I said... I never, I never really told my mum and dad. So all the time, I never told them what was going on. So they never really knew. But you know, if I if I went back, I I would tell her to damn well stick up for herself and you know like punch the woman's well the girl's lights out, which is sounds very aggressive. But no, it you know, I think aggressive. Let me tell you, my mother really, yeah. my mother, I was scared to come uh, downstairs to get into the car because there was a little girl. Her name was Pebbles. Oh, Pebbles had six or seven people and she wasn't big as a flea. My mother pulled the car over and she said, okay, get out and handle it. I was mm. like, what? Well, we <laughs> rustled and tussled. It wasn't a big, you know, a big to do, but I gained what we call street credibility. Absolutely. Yeah. And you don't want to do that, but not only do you have the little people, but you have the adults bullying in the workplace. Mm. You, know, you have uh these friends that you think are friends they're not friends they're no they're friend of me's okay yeah absolutely and yeah. I think the thing is if you don't deal with it it comes back until you do deal with it so yeah. I've had you know periods of time where I found the bully and it's taken me back to that schoolyard playground again but again I I'm very um now very sort of clear cut about what I will and I won't stand for and I will say something uh, I, I will just say you know I'm not unsure I'm not sure where that's come from or you know just try and deal with it without I try and say I'm going to spread the love 
So if you want to sprint hate or whatever, you you do that. But I'm going to come back at you and say, what's that about? And and I do know for sure in nine times out of 10 cases, there is a problem for that person who is being the bully. And I found out later on that she was abused in her family from a very young age. So, you know, I, I've learned to forgive, you know, what she did. I can understand, well, I can't understand why she uh, what she did but I understand maybe why she was in a very vulnerable place mm-hmm. um, and therefore people hurt people mm, absolutely so you find yourself in the situation where you're being mistreated uh, you don't know how to verbally communicate it to your parents parents I ask you move the, remove the device take your kid out for ice cream a ride in the car Say, hey, let's go for a walk around the park. They will tell you what is going on. But you as a parent have to magnify your listening skills. Mm. You have to use communication skills sometimes that are nonverbal. Do you see a bruise? Do you see a bump? Do you see this child not wanting to eat? Do you see this child resisting, not wanting to go to school? Do you see them flinch or, or cringe? When's the last time you just embraced them and held them and told them that you loved them? I don't care they're 15 years old. You know, when is the last time that you engaged mm. mono e mono? These are key uh, tips and tricks and tools that you can use to identify if there is pain there. And if you exercise this regularly, these children will open up to you. Is it your wife dreading to go to work? You know, mm. oh my God, I'm this, I'm that, or you know, you go there and you're not happy. I want to change my job. I want to quit. Somebody told me something strange the other day. Told me that uh, her husband all of a sudden says, I'm going to retire. And then two weeks later, I've retired. Well, you know, you've been there 28 mm-hmm. years or something strange going on there. Yeah. Are you magnifying your listening skills? So did all of this trauma that you went through cause you to um, have an eating challenge eating disorder i i think that was what it manifested in us because i suppose that's the only thing that you can control mm-hmm. you know when you're that age there's nothing else that you're in control of really and so what i would do is i would overeat and then make myself sick mm-hmm. um and you know i would if, if i ever had any pocket money it wasn't ever a lot of money uh, but i'd go and buy just loads of sweets and i'd just binge eat um and and I think that you know you get a bit of comfort don't you from that sort of food so I'd eat rubbish that's what my friend asked me the other day she says you know you're you're always talking about you don't want to lose weight and stand the other shifts but are you eating to live are you living to eat or are you eating for (laughs) entertainment yeah yes all of the above (laughs) yeah yeah but I guess it was entertainment because sometimes I'm I'm not hungry you know but that cookie sure looks good as you walk past it so what I yeah. do is I don't even buy it. If I don't buy it, then you don't worry about it. But yeah, again, that's the best thing. It's the control, you know, and mm. a lot of people mm. say it's the control. You know, African-American women, we eat up every damn thing. We don't, you know, <laughs> we don't do the opposite where, you know, where we, we throw up or we don't eat at all. But it's the mental control. When you were in that space, did you feel like you had control over your situation or was it kind of a little bit of a self-loathing? Do you remember? I, I think it was kind of self-loathing, really, because I felt fat, ugly. 
people didn't like me you, do you know what I mean it's just it was it came from that I don't I don't feel like I felt that was control mm. I, yeah, I have no idea really where where it came from I don't even know what made me first started doing it but I did and I did it till well into my 30s actually really? um and then I realized that actually it's just really unhealthy um and I you know I was I wasn't losing weight from it either <laughs> so I'd just binge eat and make myself sick and that was it um so and then I think because when I was a lot younger, we we're talking a long time ago that these eating disorders were, you know, they weren't labeled. They, they right. weren't a thing now. And then as I was getting older, I was seeing it in magazines and I'm thinking, well, actually that is me. I'm like that. Um, and I did just, you know, stop doing it. So you I just, just realized, just yeah, I just realized that this is not it for me. Stop it. Yeah. Yeah. But what happens from what I understand is now that the body is in shock, mm. you know, the body is used to consuming X amount of calories, rather positive or negative. It's running on that. Those that's, you know, the cortisone and everything is, is accumulating in the brain, the stress, the anxiety. It's like, you know, serotonin or it's like any other mm. drug. Yeah. Heroin, cigarettes, alcohol, sex, gambling, it fires mm. something in your brain. So when you got a hold of it and you said, you know what, I'm not going to do this anymore. You realized and woke up to a whole new Tony Eastwood. Yeah. And I, and I started really focusing, I suppose I, I replaced that for another um, obsession, <laughs> which mm -hmm. was to, uh, you know, really crack down with my career to think about what, you know, how I could, um, you know, be more successful. So I started collecting qualifications at that point then, because there was still that underlying, I'm not going to be successful until I've got, you know, an MBA or I've got a, a degree. Because I came out of school because of the bullying and hiding myself, I came out of school with no qualifications. Um, so I didn't go to college. I didn't go to university. It wasn't an option for me. My parents couldn't afford it, and they, but they weren't quite poor enough to get it paid for. So, you know, it was get straight to work. Um, and I, I later, like from about 24, I started focusing on, you know, looking at the people around me, my superiors, and looking at, well, what qualifications have they got? Well, I should go and get one of them then. And I did. And I did till I was 40 from 24 to 40. I did a qualification probably every two years. Um, wow. I was always studying. I did love it. I lo absolutely loved it, you know, learning. And I did loads of stuff around leadership and entrepreneurship. And I, I kind of fell in love with that and research and trying to understand, you know, what holds people back? What is it successful people do? And then, and how can I help them? How can I apply that to what I was doing to help others, you know, in the, in that field? That's huge, you know, but you poured it into something <laughs> yeah. positive. Yes. But again, it's, an, it's, you know, it's obsessive behavior. Did you ever fall mm. into the overachiever syndrome? Um, no. No? You were, no, because maybe you were making up for lost time. I'm making up for lost time as well, but I always, again, I never, um, 
yeah I never tried to kind of overachieve and sort of put that out there or anything again I kept it very low key okay and and even to the point where I didn't even I I did the studying but I didn't I left everything to the last minute so I, I didn't like put a lot of effort into um my homework or stuff that I'd have to hand in I literally would hand it in on the morning it was due in having sat up all night doing it and then I used to actually get quite good marks and people around me say that's so not fair I've been working on this beat for weeks (laughs) (laughs) and then you do and damn if I don't exactly yeah So tell us a little bit about the award that you achieved because all of this, you know, culminated into great success. What is an OBE from the Queen? So it stands for Order of the British Empire. Ooh. Yeah. So, yeah. So I was awarded that in 2007 in the New Year's Honours list. Um, And it was awarded to me for contribution to equal opportunities. So for the work that I did for women in business and and the research that I mentioned that I did in in America and brought back to the UK, uh, I published that and some other pieces around uh, why women were leaving um, tech companies, even back in those days, uh, why they weren't starting up in business at the same level that men were, and why they weren't achieving in leadership positions. So... um, a guy from it's like a regional kind of authority in the UK I actually um really went put my neck out and sort of put my head above the parapet around what he and his team were not doing to try and get equality in enterprise startup in that area of England it was east of England and I really gave him what for and in the end I ended up setting up a strategic party um going out to European Union and winning oh wow a few million few million pounds for the region to set up all these programs and um as a result of that he rec- he actually put in a recommendation to the queen that I get this award See, that, um, you were vindicated so amazing. For all of that bullying in the past Absolutely. You pulled pulled that back up and you said, you know what? I am going to use my powers for good and not evil. So bravo. Yes. Bravo for you. You also, (laughs) like I said, you gained an MBA. So, you know, academia was really important to you and studying that. But you wrote a book. Tell us a little bit about the book that you wrote. Yeah. So in 2018, I, I finally knuckled down and wrote a book that, I mean, everyone says there's a book in everyone, isn't there? Yeah. Um, And you know, I was at that time, I'd started running my own business in 2012. Um, and I had took all of the research that I'd done and developed this model called the Aspire model, which sort of underpins everything that I do now in business. And um, I wanted to get that sort of in writing, I wanted to be able to write my story so that other people who have been through bullying or you know just not felt good enough um could maybe use that book and say well if she did it then I could so even if just one person reads it and that feels like they could so the front of the book is my story and some little tales from you know when I was younger and going through where I met other 
situations in the workforce. And then the back of the book is the Aspire model with, you know, it's um, kind of a self-help um, questions that you can go through that sort of stretch and challenge your thinking, help you I look at your purpose and identity, help you look at what's stopping you getting on and hopefully put a plan together for moving forwards. So well, that's good. It's the little engine that could. That was a, a book, yes. children's book here. Oh, uh, it really helped children with that. And what we want to do is we want to try to address this as young as possible. Because mm, these yeah. are going, these people are going to grow up to be contributors in society, mm. work, home, school. Your, your kid's teacher. You know, can you imagine a, a teacher that's a bully? Yeah. A boss that's a bully. We want to try to do that. But when we come across this person, in the back of your mind, in your subconscious mind, conjure up a strategy for kindness. Mm. This person is giving you a problem at, at work all the time. Take them out of the work environment and invite them to lunch. Mm. Say, you know, sometimes I just don't, we just don't click. And I just want to see what it is. Can we go and, you know, have some ice cream, a cup of coffee? Extract them from that control environment. Yeah. Yeah. You know? See what it see what it's about. Look if there's a pattern of behavior. You know, because I'm sure that you're not the only one that they're bullying. You're the person that's probably being mostly impacted and hurt by that. And also understand that it's not you. You mm. are good enough. Whatever that enough is. It could yeah. be this much. It could be this much. It could be this much. You know, nobody has the yardstick to measure it but you. So yeah, I'll ask absolutely. you some fun questions. Go on then. The back of that <laughs> wall, it says, life is a beautiful ride. If you were a ride, Queen Tony, what kind of car would you be? Oh, I would be a Mercedes um, little sports car, SL, I think they call them. Uh, hard top or convertible? convertible <laughs> and it'd probably be pink oh pink <laughs> well you're gonna have a custom one uh i always tell people i want to be like a 1970 vw van oh yeah i love those <laughs> kind of hippie-ish so yeah yeah if you were an appliance in the kitchen what appliance would you be mm, i think i'd be a, a blender i like to mix it up a bit okay all right, that's good. I'd be the air fryer. I want to keep it hot uh, and dry. And dry, absolutely, but still crunchy. Mm, yeah. <laughs> but still crunchy. If you were a flower in the garden, what flower would you be? Um, what flower would I be? I think I would be, there's a favorite flower here. It's called Dams de Notches. So it's Lady of the Night and it's the most beautiful perfume. Um, and you can smell it for miles, but you actually can't see where it is. But it's a tiny little white flower, almost like the shape of a lilac. Mm. And it's absolutely stunning. Well, I'm going to have to look that up and get a yes. and see what that's all about. If you could time travel, past, present mm. or future, where would you land? I think I would go back to the past and change some things up a bit. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. In a nice way. Um, 
Yeah, well, I'm very grateful for everything that I've experienced because otherwise I wouldn't have come out here as I am and what I'm doing. I, I fundamentally believe that. But I think, you know, I could have done some things a lot earlier and, and, and you know, certainly I would have gone into business a lot earlier um, and I would have missed out a few things that I did that, you know, actually were, were a bit of a waste of time. But, but if you didn't experience that waste of time, you never know, probably, do you? you? You don't know what you don't know. And yeah. you probably say right now, I wish I had a wasted more time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that's good. Where in the world is it that you want to travel to, that you have not been to yet? I haven't really, I've never really done the Far East sort of Japan and China. And I love a bit of, um, you know, I love the gurus from the, from the East. Um, I see and, that and, right behind you. Yeah, absolutely. So I've never, like, I've never been to India. I'd love to do the Taj Mahal, and I'd love to, you know, experience the cherry blossoms in in Japan, and yeah, well, see good. the Yangtze River and things like that. Yeah. Well, good. So you have a lot of things to put on your life list. Tell us absolutely. a little bit about your coaching program and what people have to look forward to when they work with you, Tony. Hmm. So definitely, uh, you can look forward to. Uh, lots of stretch and challenge so not not allowing you to just be comfortable um to sort of push you outside of your comfort zone um but in a really safe space so my programs as i said are all based on my 30 years of research so everything is scientifically proven that i use um i use lots of different models and approaches but they're all highly practical it's stuff that you can just put into place so it's no sort of um it's it's i like to say it's the how to do things rather than the you know telling you you should and you must and you ought to and you've got to do these things it's like how can you do these things how can you like identify and really get aligned with what your purpose is how do you get truly aligned with who is it you want to show up as like what's the best version of you uh, you know lots of work on identity and then lots of work around what what are the things that are stopping you how do you put some structure in place to actually achieve the things that you want to achieve because you know we can all put a big hairy audacious goal out there but without the daily structure and daily progress towards it we are never going to achieve it so and it's trying to sort of help people really enjoy the journey it's a bit like the the eastern um, philosophers say it's it's the journey towards mastery that the masters love and knowing that they're never going to achieve mastery it's the process that we learn to love so there's lots of that well you got your work cut out because right yeah. for you to understand tony can bring all of the, the pixie dust but you got to show up and you are responsible for doing the work you got to look in the mirror see who this person is Mirrors are not just for reflection. There's also a place there to make a correction. In case you see something you don't like, you can adjust it. Thank you so much, Tony, uh, for sharing your work, your wisdom, your courage, um, and even being vulnerable to be picked on by a bully because, look, it's made you now a superstar. You've been yeah. acknowledged by the queen. <laughs> Who gets that? Absolutely. Please yeah. tell my brains how to get in contact with you uh, to do a deeper dive, purchase a copy of the book, and work with you. Again, brains, I bring people all over the world. It's just a point and a click. So don't be distracted by the fact that she's in the UK. You know, she can be right there in your living room. 
Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. So you can find me on LinkedIn at Tony Eastwood, OBE, and you can find me on Facebook and Instagram under the same name. Um, and you can find me at www.quantum, Q-U-A-N-T-U-M, Vantage, V-A-N-T-A-G-E, dot co dot uk got that code.uk brains don't forget that. yeah <laughs> yeah we don't want you to miss an opportunity to win thank you so much for being here on the edge with uh let me tell you, i know i'm looking for my postcard but that's all right you brains you know where you are you're right here <laughs> here's a little brain. well it thank you so much for inviting me and thank you brains i hope you um all having a fantastic week and um i look forward to maybe seeing you again soon you will make it a point. Go in, look, like, love, share, and subscribe. Leave a comment. Okay. Maybe you're in a situation. Maybe you have a question. Maybe there's something that Tony doesn't know that she can explore. Share brains. That's why we bring you this. You didn't pay to get up in here. I suggest you pay attention. Thanks so much. <laughs> have a great All day. All right, then. Take care. Thank you very much. <laughs>